You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to the Worshipology podcast. This is a podcast for worship teams, worship leaders, and worshipers of Jesus. And hey, listen, today I'm talking with Harley Rowell. Uh, He is the worship pastor down at Gateway Church just outside of Nashville. He uh, helps head up all the worship and songwriting with Madison Street Worship. Harley, welcome to the podcast, bro. Let's go. Thanks so much, bro. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and um, man, I'm so encouraged by your ministry and the episodes that I've listened to here recently. Um, I'm so happy to be here. Man, it's it's crazy because I feel like our worlds have always kind of like we've crossed paths in so many yeah. like circles and rooms. Yep. I don't think we've ever actually had, you know, more than like a five minute conversation. Yep. And uh, I, I'm just pumped to get to know you a little bit better today, man. Dude, for the the people that are listening, dude, like maybe share a little bit of your story and like, how did you uh, get into worship leading and and where you are today, bro? Yeah, um, I've I've been uh, musical my whole life. I kind of grew up with part of my family, one side being musical, and um, my dad is actually a worship leader. Um, and oh, so nice! It's this, in your blood. <laughs> it's in my blood, and uh, you know his mom and his dad. Uh, my grandparents, they led worship in churches and sang in quartets and things back in the day. And um, it's just so cool. And But what's weird is I was actually raised by the other side of my family. So my mom and dad were both like 15 when I was born. And wow. um, my, my grandparents decided on my mom's side to take me in and to raise me. And then when I was like 10 years old, they officially adopted me and um, they wow. let they let me have that choice. But what was so cool about them is, um, even though they were Catholic and I was raised going to a Catholic church, um, I was the kid that I didn't want to go to parties. I didn't want to do all these crazy things. Like I was the kid that just wanted to be in church. Like you you couldn't get me out of the church, you know. And um, <laughs> I had a, I had a friend. Um, we basically grew up in diapers together, and she invited me to the Baptist church that was in our town, First Baptist of Baymanet, Alabama. And uh, that is really where I found a deeper love for music and uh, where I basically gave my life to Christ. It was during that time. Wow. I was in like second grade. And, um, you know, the reality of, of uh, giving your life to Christ, you go through seasons and moments. And so I've I've given my life to Christ probably a thousand times, right? But, <laughs> um, but leading worship and and doing music kind of came out of that church, and I just always wanted to serve the Lord with my gift. And you would usually find me at a piano in the church somewhere, you know, just playing around and and songwriting yeah. at an early age and that kind of thing. I started a, a youth band when I was like in high school and I was a part of a okay, couple different right. bands, you know, high school era. Um, and then I went to college uh, down in the Mobile, Alabama area um, and then started working for a church uh, while I was in college called Destiny Church in Daphne, Alabama. And oh, very cool. Uh, from there, um, after that season ended, I moved here to Shelbyville. So... 
Um, I've kind of seen a little bit of everything as far as from being Catholic to going to a Baptist church and Assembly of God church, um, yeah. then a non-denominational church, and now technically I'm at a church of God. So I've kind of seen the ins and outs of several different styles of worship, and you know, I, I can appreciate all of them for what they are, and, and we all are different parts of the body. So, How do all those different like experiences and the, you know, all of those different avenues that you've walked in kind of add to the value that you bring where you're at right now? Like, How do you approach when you're leading on a Sunday? Is it kind of the, the mix and match between the, the, the party atmosphere and the reverence? Is it a little bit of you know, taking the... I mean, a little piece from every chapter of your story. Yeah, exactly. Or is it, it kind of like, you know, those were seasons and I appreciate those seasons, but I'm not there right now. What does that look like for you, Harley? You know, for me, I I appreciate each one of those seasons so much. Like when I was at the yeah. Catholic church as a kid, I understood reverence um, from an early age and um, they just do that so well. And then when I was at the Baptist church, I was taught the word of God you know, and got that deep yeah, into my yeah. spirit. Uh, and then, you know, at when I was uh, going to an Assembly of God church as a teenager, I, I met the power of the Holy Spirit and I had a radical encounter with wow. Jesus uh, at, a, at a youth camp, you know. And so uh, when I'm mm. leading on a Sunday, number one, I try to think of all of those types of people in the room and um, and know that there's different people in the room that are from all walks of life and those that weren't even raised in church. And, um, yeah. you know, sometimes those type of people are my absolute favorite because they just dive in and there's no, like, I would say, I would call it the spirit of religion, you know, like they didn't know yeah. what maybe was put on them at a, at a young age. But, um, yeah, I try to keep everyone in mind in the room. Um, and I try to be very well balanced as far as, singing hymns and having moments of reverence. Um, but also our church is a throwdown church. Like we don't play. We love to, we love to dance. We love to shout. We love to sing. Oh yeah. And, uh, and that's always so much fun too. So. Yeah. And I, I've been to Gateway out at Shelbyville and I mean, it's just outside of Nashville. I, I remember going there, um, you know, Corey Voss was there for a stint and I, yes. I just remember uh, coming out and really that's where I first met you, met some of the team yeah. and you guys were doing a recording, I think with Integrity Music that that's night. That's right. That's right. And, oh my gosh. Uh, wow. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And it was just, I was just like blown away really just by the level of engagement and how pressed in your church was to the presence of God. It was like every single person from the front to the back, they were just here for it, man. Like it yeah. was like, you know, you know, and we've, we've experienced everybody. I think, you know, if you're a worship leader and you're listening, you probably experienced environments where it's like, okay, you know, by song two, everybody's in, they've, they kind of dropped the kids <laughs> off. You know, the, 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 the coffee cup is in one hand, the other hands lifted up and it's like, but man, you guys, uh, it's kind of like our, our culture here at Destination. I mean, you know, people are lined up at the door uh, to get in every Sunday. It's just this expectation. Talk to yeah. me about that, like like the level of expectation. And, and here's why I ask this question, right? It's because I think, you know, so many... Uh, so many of us just in America just kind of have like this, not apathetic necessarily, but like, you know, we've been there, we've done that. We're just, you know, it, this is like, we're, we're going to church kind of thing. But man, when we lose that heart of expectation that God can show up in a powerful way, right. miracles can happen. Yeah. Um, I think when we lose that uh, sense of anticipation and expectation, a part of our 
um, DNA as a church, I think, uh, goes down when we lose that expectation, when we lose that anticipation. What do you guys do at Gateway? And, and what do you do as far as like Madison Street with leading and writing and really stewarding the charge um, to keep that expectation just high? Like, man, any yeah. Sunday, any any moment that we come together as the body of Christ where two or three are gathered, man, God can show up in a big way. Yeah. What does that look like for you guys, man? Yeah, I... To kind of speak into that, I think a lot of it has to do with what you're teaching in your church. Um, you know, well, we, we teach about addicts that have been set free. We teach about, you know, real stories of the Bible where God has done miracles. And we believe that God is the same today than he was then. And so, so um, we, we have real people that have come from true bondage, you know. And so uh, those that have been forgiven much love much. And I think that correlates wow. and, and that's a response in worship. Those that have been forgiven much and freed of so much heavy bondage, they're now set free totally. And those are the ones that are dancing and shouting and jumping because they know the true freedom because they have felt true bondage. And, you know, living in the United States, we take it for granted not lacking. You know, we there's, yeah, there's yeah. so much here that we have. And, uh, and I really came to know that, you know, doing international missions and things like that. But mm. yeah, we, we have so much here in the United States. It's almost like we have gotten into this mindset and posture of our hearts where it's like, no, I don't need the Lord to do that for me because I can do that for myself. And wow. that is the wrong mentality to have. We, have. we have people right now that are dealing with cancer, infertility issues. And, you know, we've mm. seen God heal people of those diseases. Um, we also have people that are walking in our church, uh, that are in our church right now, walking through seasons of anxiety and depression and mental health and yeah. um, major mental health challenges like multiple, multiple personality disorder, like some big, heavy, not yeah. just, you know, small, light, mental health issues there these are real mental health diseases and i truly believe that mental health is an epidemic that is sweeping the world especially after the the c word if we can use it you know so we sing songs about healing and deliverance and we give people hope in christ that he can heal you from those things and heal you from your bondage and set you free um we mm. sing we sing this song we we uh started this song and um and it's it's about being set free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. And it's just singing the word of God over their life. Yeah. And um, it's always fun because everyone joins in and and they truly believe that you know who the sun sets free is free indeed. What what's cool is like before we hit record, you and I were just chatting for a little bit, and you were telling me about the culture of your church and the climate right now, and the 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 songs that you've been writing, um, not just up in the clouds, but really in response to what people are walking through in your church. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, you know, I've said this before and, and it's definitely not an original, but just, you know, worship songs are just prayers put to melody. Right. And I think, you know, when you are attuned to what's happening in your church, the stories, the testimonies, the struggles, um, talk about that a little bit as you guys are writing and releasing. And I know you guys have a project coming out really soon. Like, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, and, and you were talking a little bit about like, man, we're writing this um, for our church, you know, like this yes. is, these are songs of where we're at, not, um, you know, we're not just trying to write a song and throw it at the wall and hopefully it sticks, but this is just like, man, stewarding what's happening here. How do you do that as a worship leader, as a, as a songwriting team? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you basically like write songs for where your church is at, man? Yeah, uh, here lately, it, like I was talking about a second ago, the mental health challenges. Um, we had been walking with some folks in our church through those challenges for a while now. And um, first and foremost, if you're a songwriter out there and you're not writing for your church, or like if you're a Christian songwriter and you're not writing for your church, I would encourage you to do that because you yeah. know your people better than anyone else does. And um, mm. you know the stories and the testimonies of what God has done in your community, you know. So that's what we do. We we are are living life, you know, the everyday things. I've got I'm married with two kids, um, and there's challenges that I face in you know my regular life. You know, wiping babies' butts and like you know, <laughs> um, but. Long the story. glamorous stuff you the, mean all the all the glamorous stuff so it's like <laughs> <laughs> we we write towards what we're currently walking through and uh we believe That's that really songs good. are weapons and so if there are people in our church facing mental health issues we're going to write a song and give them a weapon you know to yeah. be able to have in their in their pocket we're going to give them stones for their pocket you know to be able to wow use against those Goliaths that present themselves. And so, for instance, our record that's coming out, it's called Marvel. It'll be out on September 29th. It is an album about healing for mental health. And um, I truly believe that uh, there was this study, and several people have talked about this, so I cannot get any credit for this, and I don't even want to, but there was the study done that says that the same part of your brain that um, it is, I guess, that processes worries also is the same part of your brain that you use when you have thanks and give gratitude. And oh, wow. um, that part of your brain can't do both at the same time. So if you are processing gratitude, like it, it leaves no room for worry or fear. Wow. And so... Uh, we wrote this song called I Want to Thank You, and it's all about gratitude because mm. gratitude and fear and, and worry cannot coexist. So we wrote a song about gratitude specifically, you know, and part of that song even talks about anxiety specifically, and it says anxiety has to leave. It has to bow at Jesus' feet, and all disease has to flee. And then it Come goes on. back into the gratitude and the thankfulness of I just want to thank you, Um and you've given me clean hands, a pure heart, a sound mind, a new life. And um, then there's other songs on there talking about a reminder for us that our future is in God's hands. He holds it all. And there are things that are out, that are out of our control that happen mm. on a daily basis. And we yeah. just have to release those things into the Lord and say, I trust you. My future is mm. in your hands. And I'm laying, I'm laying this down here. And it's yours to... to to use and to deal with. And uh, so that's what we do when we write, you know, uh, we take real examples from what's happening in our local church 
and we try to write for them and keep them in mind, yeah. give them those weapons. I was just reminded this last week, Harley, um, we had a revival night. We do these like three or four times a year where we yeah. just go deep in, in the presence. And, um, you know, instead of like a three or four songs that you would typically do on a Sunday, I mean, we're doing like nine and 10 with just flow time and just, yeah. you know, uh, just the opportunity to really just be in God's presence, non-hurried, non-rushed. There's no service coming after it. And this last one that we did, we actually had, we interweaved the night with worship and testimony. Mm, I love that. And we, we brought up um, just, you know, these stories that are literally like, oh my goodness, like a Disney movie could be made after this person's <laughs> life. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, one guy shared his testimony. He was living in a tree on Skid Row in LA at eight years old. His mom was a heroin addict and, oh my you know, he, and, and he gets into, you know, foster care and, and this lady, you know, finally becomes one of his foster parents and just teaches him about Jesus. And, and here he is, you know, years later, and he's now one of our youth leaders and he's, wow. I mean, just living this life. And you're like, man, how can this not be a song? You know, it's like, That's right. y- you just have these moments. And, and I think there's such a value when worship and testimony collide and and that's really where you get these these songs that you're talking about. Like, I mm-hmm. want to thank you. Like, I, I love the message behind that. I love the heart behind it, and the fact that you guys are writing for your church. Mm-hmm. Now, now, just on the practical side of that, what does that look like? Are you guys? Do you guys get together as a worship team? Is there just mm-hmm. a few of you guys songwriters? And and are you? Uh, what's what's the consistency? Because that's yeah. kind of been a challenge for me in in the season I'm at. Like, it's a very busy season and right. carving out time for creativity. What does that look like for you, Harley? Yeah, I, so it's changed a lot for us. Like I'm, I'm in my late twenties. I'm, I'll be 30 next year. And, you know, I've got two kids and I'm married. And when I first came to Gateway, I was not married. I didn't have kids. Like, Mm -hmm. um, so it looked a lot different than it does now. (laughs) We, you know, after work at 6 p.m., 7 p.m. on a weeknight, we could just get together and write. And that's what we used to do. But it's changed so much. And so I would say, to answer your question, there are uh, a handful of us that are strong writers, uh, is how I would put that. Um, And we are always, you know, capturing ideas. Sometimes we'll get together in the office during the work week and we'll write. But most of the time, we have to actually pre-plan them, calendar those dates, and plan a writing camp. You know, go out for a couple of days, take a couple of days off. Yeah. Or um, a lot of us that are writers are also on staff at our local church here at Gateway. So mm-hmm. um, so we'll put in a you know time off request or a ministry off request and we'll go and we'll do some writing camps. And here lately, the last probably four writing camps that we've had, we've partnered with Dustin Smith, which I know you've had here on your podcast oh, a couple Dustin. times. Yeah. Dustin is like a, a dad and a brother to us, and their whole team is just incredible. So we partner with them, and we'll go to their campus uh, there, I hope you see, in Thompson mm-hmm. Station, and we'll go there for a couple of days, and we'll we'll uh, we'll write and um, spend time with one another. We'll eat lunch together, you know, um, and from those conversations that we're having and what we're talking about when we're sharing testimonies of what God is doing in our local churches, a, a lot of times that's when song those songs are birthed, you know. 
Um, wow. All yeah. of these songs that were written for this project actually have come from one of those four writing camps that we've done together with Dustin and his team, James and Matt wow. and all of those guys. So yeah, it looks a little bit different now. A lot of it is more intentional to calendar it and do an event like a writing camp. It is is one of those things where it's like, it doesn't like you have to create time for creativity. Yes. <laughs> like you don't just stumble on like, oh, I've got seven hours today and we can yes. just write some songs. It's like, man, Sunday comes every week and, you know, you've got so many different responsibilities with team, yeah. with life, with family, even outside. Yeah. You know, it's like I, I love that idea. I mean, you're definitely giving me some ideas as far as like putting together a writing camp. I think that's yeah. that's one way to really like make the most of your time. How often do you guys do that? Um, we've tried to do that every other month or every quarter at some point. It kind of changes with the rhythms of the year. Like here lately, I was thinking about our next one when we're going to have that. And I'm looking at the calendar with Christmas and Thanksgiving coming up and everything. And I'm like, ah, yeah. I just don't know if we're going to be able to pull off another one until the new year. But another thing that we're getting ready to do is we really want to steward our local church writers that maybe haven't had all of the opportunities to write with people here in the industry or, uh, you know, mm -hmm. we, we want to be good stewards of them too. So we're currently planning right now, like a songwriters day where anyone who wants to come, they don't even, ha they don't have to be pro level. They can be just anyone who has the desire to write. And we're going to, we're going to gather, we're going to teach them about songwriting. We may give them Chrissy Nordoff's, uh, songwriting personality test um, yeah. and kind of explain that a little bit, maybe have some breakfast and then break out and do some songwriting. And I, and I don't expect like full songs to come out of that. Um, right. But if they do, that's great. And I just want to get, I just want to get the wheels turning for those that have the desire to write. And so here lately in the last year, maybe two years, it's been more of us that are strong, a little bit stronger writers getting together and doing these camps. But um, we're getting ready to That's do awesome. that songwriting day for our local church team. And I'm so ex I'm more excited about that than anything because <laughs> um, because I, I think it's needed and it's it's so valuable, not only to your church, but it's valuable to them if they have that desire to write create space for it. And I'll say this too, um, the, in the same way that it is, um, it's needed to like make time for creativity. It's also needed to make time for community on your team because we've, we've done community on our team really, really well. Um, and we do like team hangs or, or team night or whatever you want to call them. But if you're not calendaring those times for people to come together, then you may be leaving out those people that are on your team that have little kids, that have, you know, rigorous yeah. work schedules. You know, those planned events for your team to come and gather and hang out and spend time with one another and fellowship is so needed. Um across the body of Christ. Oh man, and I can't stress even just the importance of the fact that like oftentimes and you know, like it takes the musician side of like what, what we do every week. It really takes like the chemistry aspect, but it's hard to have, 
chemistry on stage if you don't have community off stage. Off stage, that's and, right. And I found that like you know when you're hanging out, when you're when you're grabbing coffee, when you're grabbing lunch, when you're doing team nights, when you're just hanging out in the in the throes of life mm-hmm. um that the moments that come where you're doing songwriter days or, or that you're doing you know projects or big worship nights those just tend to go so much smoother mm-hmm. with so much less drama so much less stress when you're just you're in it with family you're in it yeah. with brothers and sisters that you just do life with man yeah and i think that's so important i'm so glad you brought that up because you know collaboration really is impossible without that community aspect true. I, I, yeah. I just yeah, there's just such a value in that. Not just on stage, not just on Sundays, but yeah, like what does that look like on a practical level outside of outside of your Sunday experience when you're um, finding kind of like the most, um, not bang for your buck, but really just the most maximized time with your team in that community sense? I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, those planned times. And then also as a worship pastor, like my job is to, check in on my people, um, go to lunch with them, you know, text them on a regular basis and see, check in, you know, see how they're doing. Like, and and not just like for the sake of doing your job, but because you really care about them. Um, like we, I, I, I'm not going to go into details here because it's confidential, but like, I, I've got so many, I've got three or four texts right now of, some people on my team that are just in a hard season right now. And I'm walking mm. with them through the hard season. I don't have all the answers and I never will, but I can lead them yeah. to the one that does. And if I can just be that constant encouragement to them, like, Hey, you've got a family like that loves you and wants the best for you in this situation. Let's just spend some time in the presence of God together, or let's just, you know, I'll send them some scriptures or, or whatever it may be. It's it's important to check in on your team because you truly care about them and their well-being as a person. Because mm-hmm. I believe that the stronger your individuals are on your team, the stronger your team will be completely as a whole. That's so good, man. We literally just had a meeting in our church staff this morning, um, and we were talking through with some of our discipleship team, like, What's the number one characteristic that you look for in a potential leader? And this isn't just worship, it's any ministry, you know, prayer ministry, kids ministry, so on and so forth. And the number one thing that everybody came back with is someone who puts people first. Yes. Like a people person, like an encourager, like someone that literally isn't in it just to get jobs done, but to grow people. And one of the things that our pastor says all the time is like, we don't need people to pull off Sundays. We use Sundays to build big people. Like it's, it's always about the one. It's always about people, man. Dude, I love that dude. And I love the heart that you guys have. And it's so evident in what you guys are doing as a church, as a worship ministry. Um, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, you know, as somebody who's just kind of on the cusp of Nashville. So it's like, you're close enough to kind of see the industry, but then Mm -hmm. you're also like, you know, Shelbyville isn't in Nashville. So you kind of have this really unique area uh, that you guys minister to. What are you seeing on the big picture of worship, like in church? I mean, being so close to Nashville. Mm -hmm. um, And then of course you guys are, you guys are writing um, not just with those in your church, but kind of Mm -hmm. all over the place. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you see in big picture uh, in the church today that just really encourages you, man? Uh, I love, I'm going to reference them again because they inspire me so much, but Dustin Smith and his, his 
team getting to do these songwriting days with them. Um, yeah. Just seeing another another church, you know, that's like minded, um, just really press in to the hunger and like press into mm-hmm. the Lord. They're hu- so hungry for Him, and um, a lot of the things that we had been writing were songs of wonder of who God is, and that's yeah. just been so encouraging to me. Um, just being able to hear their heart, like. Another thing that is encouraging is every Tuesday I meet with uh, a couple of the uh, worship pastors in our town and we have lunch and we gather and sometimes it's just me and one other. Sometimes it's me and a couple others, but um, you know, we pray and we're, we're friends and it's encouraging to see what they are doing in their local churches and they have a different demographic than we do. It's inspiring to know that there there are people out there that are really, truly doing a good job. I think in today's mm. culture and today's environment centered around topics around church is a lot of the church hurt topic, you know. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but there are, uh, I don't necessarily know what I would say about all of that. I just know that I know that there's people out there that are truly doing a, a great job in their local churches, and that's inspiring to me because what they're doing is mm. they're they're truly caring for their people. They they yeah. may not be perfect church, they may not be perfect people. None of us are right, but they are giving their time and their effort to go out of their way for the people that are on their teams and that are in their church. One thing I'm seeing today in the church is the need for mothers and fathers. And I've said this for years wow. and years is where, where are they? Like where, where are the mothers and fathers? Mm. And hmm. the ones that we have have been pushed out, you know, and we need, we need them. Like it's so important um, yeah. to do life with those mothers and fathers and, and, I feel like that's getting better. I I feel like over time, especially in today's culture, men are spending more time with their kids than they ever have in the past, yeah. um, it, at least in the last hundred years. I've seen that too, and I think that's one of those things I've heard from Dustin Smith oh, yeah. you know, so yeah. much. It, it, and I, I just love this because I can totally tell, I mean, just talking to you, you have that shepherd's heart, Harley, mm. and and I, I know that it's... It's from getting around people that have held your arms up, that have yes. gotten behind you. Oh my gosh. And I think that's one of those value pieces that so many of us miss. But without mothers and fathers like you're talking about, um, you're not going to find that, man. Mm-hmm. That's so good. How, how have you done that in your life? I mean, hearing you talk about just getting around Dustin and his team mm-hmm. and, yep. and, and other worship pastors. I mean, is that kind of how uh, you just you keep that on the forefront of your heart? Absolutely. I'm still, I feel like I'll never have anything figured out. I feel like we all are just kind of living our lives and learning as we go. And um, my former boss at my at my old church, Destiny Church in Daphne, Alabama, his name is Rife. And Rife and his wife, Shay, have been such a spiritual um, guidance in my life as and I could truly, I could call them mom and dad and they wouldn't think twice about it. You know, <laughs> they have just yeah. taken me under their wings. Um, and even 
being here and not at their church anymore, they could have cut me off, you know, 100%. But they're still regularly checking in. They're still praying for me. They're still, you know, and and seeing that is encouraging to me. And I'm like, man, I want to be that for people. When you think about someone on your team, text them. Like it's not by accident that they've come to your mind or or your heart. And um, yeah. Yeah, and so just being around great leaders like that, uh, Dustin Smith, Rife and Shea, my pastor Jason here, we have uh, a senior adult pastor at our church, his name is Joe, we've got an executive pastor here at our church, his name is Tom, and they're, those two guys are specifically in their 60s and above, and I love spending time yeah. with them. I just grabbed breakfast with one of them the other day, just because I miss them, I miss, you know, seeing them. Mm. Uh, they're they're dealing with some of those real mental health issues right now. Um, Pastor Joe's wife, they they found out that she's got severe dementia, and um, mm. they're they're dealing with that. And so I haven't seen him as much lately. But to be able to see him and spend time with him, it's just it's so nice when you have mothers and mm. fathers around you that believe in you and will pray with you and yeah. encourage you. And um, if you don't have that, man, find that. Mothers and fathers, um, ones that will champion you um, yeah, and bring you alongside of what they're doing, is, that's, it's encouraging. I want to be that for somebody, you know, when I'm, man. when I'm older. And even now, I've got kids on my team that are, I forget that I'm about to turn 30. <laughs> I think about kids that are on my team that are in high school right now, and they think that I'm an old guy, and I've got my life figured out and whatever. But uh, just to be an encouragement to them, even and to raise them up and to bring them up and to champion them and what God is calling them to do. You saying that you think you're the old guy in the room, you're about to turn 30, bro. I, I'm 41, so I'm definitely <laughs> feeling the heat right now. No, um, no. But dude, I can just tell, I can just tell in your voice, man, just the care that you have for your team, the wisdom that you share. And um, man, this has been so encouraging for me. I hope as you listen, you're encouraged and uh, reach out to that person on your team, shoot That's them right. a text, check in with everybody, love who God's given you. Man, uh, just grateful for the time. We're going to be sharing some links uh, to Madison Street Worship and, uh, of course, how to connect with Harley. Uh, bro, any last parting words you want to give to the Worshipology community, bro? Yeah, I, I want to ask some just rhetorical questions. And these are some questions that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me here lately. Yeah. Um, I was actually cutting grass the other day. And when I cut grass, I put in my headphones and you know, listen to worship music or listen to a, a podcast such as this, you know, and Love it. Um, I was getting wrecked in worship the other day. Like I couldn't even see my, my glasses were fogging up. I had tears in my eyes because of the power mm. of the music that I was listening to. And um, it, it led me to these questions and I, I just, I've been chewing on these and thinking about them. So I just want to ask these. Um, number one is, do you love Jesus more today than you ever have? Wow. Number two, are you sold out to his mission to go and to make disciples, sharing his love and speaking his truth? Matthew 28, 19, verse 20. Uh, mm. num- question number three, do you love the word of God? Psalm 119, 11, you know, for I've hid that word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Do you truly mm. love the word of God? Um, next question is, do you have reverence for the Lord? 
Mm. And I was listening to, um, I think I was like on Jesus image or something. And, and they were talking about narrow is the way or narrow is the road to Jesus. The deeper you go, the smaller the road gets and the less that you can take with you. And so my next question would be, what are you holding on to that is keeping you from the depths that God has desired you to go to? And my prayer for each and every person that's listening would be that we would burn for him, that he would be our greatest desire, and that he would receive his glory and his full reward in each one of us and those that will come to know the Lord. Dude, if that's what you get when you're mowing grass, uh, <laughs> that's some that's some anointed lawnmowers that you're you're using, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, that is so good. That is so good. And I think, you know, for each and every one of us to keep those questions on the forefront of our life, man, uh, this thing should never become routine. It should never become second nature. Um, man, just a passion and a zeal for God and His house. Uh, Man, you've challenged me. You've inspired me. I know our listeners are also challenged and inspired. Harley, thanks for spending some time with us on Worshipology, man. Absolutely, Curtis. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.